Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected and today I'm going to talk to someone who is possibly the nicest guy in America. I can certainly testify to that having met him last week in Vegas and this is someone that is actually a true entrepreneur and he's going to help us challenge the issue of growing your influence in this online world, in a world of transparency where personality is so, so, so important and being genuine and valuable to the people that you're serving is vital. How can we go about growing our influence? And very specifically, what we're going to talk about is the common myth that it's all right or that it's beneficial to take someone that is already influential and follow what they are doing to try and jump onto the back of that success. So with me today is a genuine entrepreneur, someone that's been called the Zig Ziglar, quite a big tag, the Zig Ziglar of the podcasting world. And in the past couple of years, my guest has started a podcast, written a book, co-founded the largest international podcasting only conference called Podcast Movement. And it gives me a great, great pleasure to welcome Mr. Jared Easley. Welcome, sir. Mark, my pleasure. You and I got a little hang time last week in Las Vegas, so uh, I, I don't think we should talk about that on the show. What happens in Vegas stays off of podcasting, right? Oh, I've never been to Vegas. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that guy was pretending to be you. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> he, lo- he looked kind of like Elvis, so that makes sense. <laughs> that does make sense. It's a, it's a big thing in the UK, actually, the Elvis quiff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, Jared, for the guys listening out there, just tell people a little bit about what you do. Obviously, I know you, but the guys listening out there, give them a bit of detail. Oh, I'm, I'm happily married. I have a four-year-old daughter, and we live in South Florida, just outside of Fort Lauderdale in Miami. And I had the corporate gig, and I was putting a lot of time and energy into my day job, and I did everything right. At one point, I even won a prestigious award in my company, which was the top biller. Uh, out of everyone in that entire organization, I was the number one top biller, and I thought, man, if I could reach that level of success, that would put me in a new spotlight in this organization that would perfectly set me up to uh, have greater responsibility, to have more money, and I worked very diligently and strategically and aligned with clients and just did everything I could possibly think of to try to pursue that award, and it was uh, actually like... <laughs> Uh, like survival of the fittest. I had to outwit and outsmart the other colleagues of mine. I had to get real creative over the course of a year to win this thing. And I did. I won at the end and I was given a plaque in front of the company and a round of applause and I was given some bonus money, which uh, you know wasn't really that much money for the amount of work that I put in. And I remember the next day after that had happened, Mark, it was like a reset button on the old video game systems. It's like, okay, okay, what have you done for me now? It's starting all over again. And that was a frustrating situation for me because it's like I put so much time and energy and focus into this opportunity thinking that would produce some kind of result for me. And really it was great for about a day and then, okay, now, it, you know, what have you done for me now? And anyone who's in sales or anyone who's in business can probably understand that on some level. Uh, I later transitioned from that opportunity into another company where I, I attempted to do the same thing, just go all in, follow all the rules, 
And about a year and a half later, I got let go from the company. So I did everything right. And then uh, I was one of 10 people that got cut in December of 2013. So this was right before Christmas. You can imagine, Mark, driving home to tell my wife, uh, yeah, I just lost my job today. And I did everything I was supposed to do. So that, that was a difficult moment. And I, uh, I guess I'd say I'm thankful that I had that moment because that compelled me to start looking deeper and start thinking about, hey, I know I can have success. Uh, I know I have a, a reasonable work ethic. I know that I'm smart enough to, uh, to do something on my own. This is probably life's way of encouraging me to, to take a good, solid stab at that. <laughs> so from that point on, I realized if I can help it, I want to continue to do work that I enjoy and try to do it on my own terms. And that wasn't entrepreneurship right out of the gate, Mark. So I'll try to uh, not prolong this answer. But for me, that turned into I, I'm not making enough money in my business to go completely full time doing that. But what I could do is I could do consulting and contract work on the side with different organizations and make money that way while I continue to build the business on the side. And so that's not, some people would argue and say that's not full entrepreneurship, but that's kind of the model that I've followed now for uh, a season. Uh, it's been longer than a year, but it's been a, a, a season where I've needed to work out a few things and we've had some incredible wins along the way. I love it. And that is, it's actually a model that I really, really advocate. You know, if there's nothing that immediately springs to mind, if there's nothing that you feel that you can naturally slip into in a situation like that, then why not take the skills that you've got, package them up and sell them on a contract basis? It's something that I did for years and wholeheartedly agree with that approach because it, it, it's, to be fair, when you're faced with a situation like that, it's not always easy to say to yourself, right, okay, this is what I want to do next because you'd never expect to need to answer that question, do you? Yeah, well, and for the person who's in that moment right now and thinking, hey, I want to have more flexibility with my schedule, that may be your best option is how can you take the skills that you have and how can that translate into a contracted role where you have more flexibility with your time to build what you feel compelled and led to build on the side. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really important to remember because, I mean, we live in this world of entrepreneurialism and, you know, even in the UK, it's becoming really prevalent now. And even the generations that are coming through the colleges and so on, they're being encouraged to follow what they want to do. But some sure. people, they're just kind of, they don't want that. They're not sure what they want. So it's all right to do something on the side and build something up as a solo guy. I, I love it. I think it's brilliant. And actually, the one thing we're going to talk about then is influence. And just to put that into some context, how has this come about? You know, within the last, where are we now? We're in May as this is going to publish. Where has that come from in your journey? How has influence become important in the last 15, 16 months to you? Well, what I've learned is when you want to ha take an idea and turn that into something bigger, um, you have to have buy-in from other people. So this could translate well to entrepreneurship. If you have a business idea, you need people to support that business. You need clients. You need customers. How are you going to create something compelling enough that people want to support it? And I think one of the greatest ways to accomplish that initially is you, you have to be perceived as someone, and, and you've heard this before, Mark, someone that people know, like, and they trust. And, and as you develop those three pillars, we'll call them, that creates influence. But influence doesn't happen right out of the gate. You have to earn it. You have to grow it. And that's a challenge for some. 
And I, I found that there are certain strategies that do not work, and then there's certain things that do work, but they don't happen overnight. And we live in a culture and a society, even in the UK, I'm sure, where convenience is king. Everyone wants the convenience, right? However, convenience isn't always the way it works when you're growing influence. It's more like planting a garden. And, and you think about that, Mark, that's, that's old school. Who plants a garden anymore? Right. <laughs> but, but that's, that's kind of the way it works. Are you willing to be patient? Are you willing to stick to something? Are you willing to generously connect with people who are your target client, your target customer? Um, how do you figure out who those people are? How do you, how do you notice them? What I found is when you want to get noticed, you want your business or you want your idea to get noticed. One of the best ways that for that to happen, Mark, is for you to first notice other people, the people who you want to serve, the people that you want to support, the people that you want to, if, if nothing else, sell to. And that doesn't always scale. People like this, they, they, they see these stories of this person who made this uh, incredible amount of money in a short amount of time or overnight. And Well, that's how it is. That's, that's the, the path. But that uh, isn't true for most entrepreneurs. These types of things take time. But diligence in the end, those who are diligent prosper. Even the Bible says that. So I would say to the person who's listening, if you're willing to be diligent, if you're willing to plant the garden and you're willing to generously connect with uh, the people that you want to serve and the people that you want to support and you want to sell to, that is the recipe that will create influence that will allow you to be successful in what you're doing. The consistency element there is is really right. important. I think that I remember an old quote that I heard actually a few years ago, and I, I forget where I heard it. And it was something along the lines of entrepreneurs rarely call themselves entrepreneurs. It's other people that call them that. Likewise, to be an influencer, you don't, I would imagine that you don't set out to be an influencer. You just set out, as you say, to notice, to serve, to connect, to do the best you can for the people that you want to connect with and to serve. And only at that point when you're doing that so, so well consistently and people can rely on you, do other people theoretically begin to call you an influencer. That that kind of feels natural, you know? It does. And Mark, I think you've hit on something. I want to kind of take a, a little bit of a deeper dive on it. Is in When you start learning business and online marketing and, and different things like that, you listen to podcasts, you read books, it's common to hear, well, you need to grow your email list and you need to grow your social media platform. And those are things that are very positive and very good for your business. But the the danger in that, and uh, this is a contrarian point of view, Mark, there will be people that don't agree, but the the danger that could happen in that mindset is you begin to treat people like they're numbers and not like they're people. You treat them like they're followers rather than they're friends. And what I've learned is friends will help me. You know, people who I've just said, you're my follower. They're just like, well, I don't, I don't follow anybody, so forget you. You know, there's some attitudes like that. And so I, I, my encouragement to, to people who want to grow their influence is, is treat people like they're not a number. Treat them as people. Treat them as your friend. If they're on social media and you're connected to them, uh, they shouldn't be a follower. They should be your friend. I really like that. I really like the idea of treating everyone the same way because at the end of the day, if you're trying to grow you grow your influence, there are no better advocates of that than the friends that you have. So yeah, I, I really like that idea. And 
let's just talk about this idea of following people that are already doing it very, very, very well. Because when you land in an industry, let's say you're new to uh, online marketing, you're new to, I don't know, creating income streams that you didn't think would exist. It would be very easy to try and replicate something like what Pat Flynn's trying to do or something uh, like Lewis Howes or John Lee Dumas or any number of people out there. It would be very, very easy to say, wow, that seems easy because well, it looks easy. But it, it's that's not the case. What you don't see is what's under the water. You don't see the duck that's kicking its feet and really swimming for its life under the water. And what are some of the dangers really for people if they go down this path, if they say, I want to be the next Pat Flynn, I want to be the next Michael Hyatt and just follow their path? I mean, that's got to be fraught with problems, surely. Well, I would say it's real easy to um, to fall into the idea of success leaves clues. And you know what? That's true. People who are successful, they are successful for a reason. It's likely that a lot of them are very smart, very strategic, very calculated. They're aligned properly with uh, smart people. And they're just being prudent and wise with their money, with their decisions. Those types of things, if you are attempting to model those types of mindsets, that is, that's being smart. However, when you say, I'm going to really just focus all of my attention on, I'm just going to say Richard Branson. If I'm going to just do everything that Richard Branson does to a perfect T, that is basically being a, a, attempting to be a mirror image of Richard Branson. That's not being your authentic self. And I, I think one of the reasons a lot of these influential people have become successful is obviously they're smart, but they're, uh, they are themselves, right? And I heard this quote before, and I, I don't remember exactly who said it, but the, the quote was something along the lines of, if you want to be successful, look at what everyone else is doing and then do something different. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think there's wisdom in that because you don't want to be like everyone else. Yes, you want to, to, to be smart and uh, you want to uh, see what type of mindsets and what types of things are working and, and consider how you can put your own spin on that. But a challenge that I, I find, especially in online business, is it's real easy to say, okay, I'm just going to pay attention to every newsletter and every social media status and every book and everything that Richard Branson does. And the problem with that, as you've kind of hinted at, Mark, is you're spending so much time focused on someone who has influence that you're not focused on growing your own influence. And when you're starting a business or you want to grow whatever idea that you feel compelled to share, it's not a good strategy to focus and go all in on saying, I'm just going to pay attention to influencers. So that's something, unfortunately, that I see. I go to these events, I go to these conferences, and there'll be these keynote speakers or these uh, you know, popular uh, general session speakers, and people are all excited to meet them and, and hang out with them, and, and they're talking about them. And while that's not a bad thing, it, it, it gives me a little bit of concern for those folks because those folks are, are not really growing their own influence. They're not really growing their own business. They're basically feeding and, and building the dream of those other people. But what about your dream? <laughs> what about your passion? <laughs> right? Uh, so I, that's my encouragement to, um, to people who are listening today, to people who are wanting to share a message or, or share their idea or create their business or, or grow their business is to grow your influence and, and don't focus so much time on, on what the big boys are doing, although it is wise to see different models of success and things. Don't spend all your time on that. 
Instead, spend your time on focus. Who's the people that you want to serve? Who's the people that you want to speak to? Who are the people uh, that you authentically and generously want to, to help? And in doing so, I have found that more doors open up, more opportunities are created when my focus is on my people rather than when my focus is on uh, someone who's further up the mountain who probably doesn't even know who I am. That's really, really well articulated. You know, it's the old cliche, isn't it? It's the old people buy from people, people work with people, people respond to people. And I think certainly, I mean, in in the design agency that I run, I, I find it really startling that so many people come in to work with us and say, listen, guys, I want to work on social media. I just want to, I just really want to push out everything that I've got via Twitter or via Facebook. And they have no personal interaction. And yet they're trying to build this influence on this, almost like a false floor of sales. And it's, it's this really weird perception that it's all right to just talk about yourself and push everything out there. And for me, it's all about the conversation. Is that, you know, is the conversation the most important thing when it comes to influence? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think conversations are very powerful. And I think uh, I love the quote that Tony Robbins says, uh, proximity is power, right? And when you're able to have those conversations, I mean, you and I are, are on a podcast right now, but um, whether it's a podcast or social media or certainly in person, when you're able to see someone at an event or, or someone locally, I think that creates a rapport and, and rapport over time. If it's authentic and, and generous, uh, it yields reciprocity. So if people are um, if people are saying, "Hey, we love Mark," and you get a, a, a lot of people that are starting to say that because you've been generous to them, over time people notice that they're like, "Hey, there must be something about this guy, Mark," because I hear his name all the time. And the way that you create that is you start by having those conversations, like you said, you start by generously noticing other people, and that creates that reciprocity that over time. If it's done with generosity and authenticity, it will yield reciprocity where people are saying, we love Mark. Enough people say we love Mark. That's creating an army and people notice an army. I think that's that's actually really important. And one of the things that really stands out in my mind as well is that when you set up in business, when you set up what it is that you're trying to achieve for yourself, you become so bogged down sometimes by your own time and how, how much of a premium you put on that time that sometimes you forget that the connections that you can make you have no idea where they will lead you. And that the authenticity, the noticing people and actually reaching out to people and being truly, truly yourself with them and actually giving people the time of your day because they deserve it. You have no idea where that can lead you. I mean, you should never, never, ever close a door until you've had a little peek inside, should you? Well, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because what I found is it's real easy to judge a book by its cover. <laughs> And I'll tell you a quick story, Mark. My business partner with Podcast Movement is a gentleman named Dan Franks. And when when I first met Dan, Dan was not on the level that he is at now. He was a professional wrestler. I'm not even kidding. Like this guy would travel around the country, clotheslining people in high school gyms and doing pile drivers and jumping off the top rope for $25 US and a hot dog, wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he, he had a little podcast and it would have been real easy for people to look at him and say, well, that, you know, that's not someone who's super successful. That's not someone that I want to strategically align with. Uh, but what I found is you just don't know where somebody's going to be in two years or in five years. 
And in some cases, you do know, Mark. You can tell by patterns, by the way people make decisions, that they're not going in a certain direction. But there are also people out there that it's really easy to say, okay, and I'm, you know, I'm not really going to align with this person. But the challenge that I would give to your listeners is uh, not to judge that book by, the, by its cover, because it would have been real easy for me to say, okay, Dan is just a wrestler, and he's not somebody who seems to have uh, this great business mindset. But what I found over the last few years is he has really developed that. His work ethic is relentless. His business acumen is spot on. Um, the guy is, is, is it, he's a collaborator. He works well with others. I mean, there's just so many things that are so valuable as a business partner. And the two of us working and collaborating together, we've been able to have really amazing results in our business in a short amount of time because I realized, hey, this is somebody that I could, I could work with. So I, I think you want to be smart when you're deciding who to work with, but I also want to say don't, don't just write off people because you think, ah, that's not somebody who's really going to be able to help me. You just don't know where those people are going to be over a couple of years, and you want to keep those, uh, keep those connections because down the road, some of those people can be some of your best allies. Yeah, I, I really, really, really advocate that approach as well because if you spin it around the other way, what if no one gave you a chance? Because, you know, if in your scenario, you know, you just you'd left your job in December 2013. What was the next step? If Dan hadn't, if you know, if you turn it around, it's kind of yeah, all right. And and uh, I've got, I got a great story about this, Mark. I'll try to be quick. But, <laughs> no, go for it. All right. So when I lost my job, there was an influential person who heard about it, who had been a guest on my podcast who invited me to come and do some contracting consulting work with him and his organization. And they were doing a large event. And they asked me to help kind of be a part of the team that was working through that process. And I was so excited about that. I was like, man, this is great. This is like a blessing, you know? And I started working on that project and I was on their website as uh, featured as someone who was going to be a part of this thing. And and uh, as a networking ambassador, and I remember having my face and my bio on that website. I took screenshots of it. I was, I was like kind of, you know, fanboy, if you will. And uh, we launched the crowdfunding campaign that we used to, to really kick off podcast movement. It was our way of validating that idea. We launched that crowdfunding campaign. This is me and my business partner, separate from the contracting job that I was just describing. We launched that campaign, and it was pretty much successful right out gate. We hit the minimum number we needed in nine hours. And then after 30 days, we had over three times what we needed to get started. But I remember, I'll never forget that first week of that campaign, there was a lot of buzz on social media about podcast movement. And next thing I know, I get a call from this organization that I was working with, and they, they basically said, we're not going to work with you anymore. They didn't give me any reason. <laughs> they didn't give me. Yeah, they didn't give me any explanation or training on what I might have done wrong. I mean, it was it was the strangest thing, and it was it was crushing for me, Mark, because I thought I've done again. I've tried to do everything right. I've tried to represent this group the right way. All I've done is I've you know on the side I've created my own opportunity, and I feel like I'm being punished for that. And uh, what the, the reason I bothered to share that story is you fast forward to the event, Podcast Movement, last year. We had over 600 podcasters come to Dallas. It was a huge success. And ironically, about two weeks, two or three weeks before that event, this same person who had cut me, 
from their organization reached out to us wanting to be a part of the event, the very event that we created that he fired me for. <laughs> now, how funny is that? That's, that's karma right then. <laughs> that, is, that is karma. And, and it would have been real easy to say, well, no way. Get out of here. I mean, I could have done that, but I realized, hey, there are some people who will hear about this person's involvement and they'll say, hey, that's a value add. That's cool that this person's going to be here. They may not, they don't have the history that I have with this person, so they don't know that stuff. So I realized, hey, the, the right thing to do here is to let this person be involved, right? Because it's valuable to, or perceived credibility and perceived value to the attendees who paid the money to, to support this. But I just thought that's kind of ironic, <laughs> you know? It's, it's amazing. And that just goes to validate everything that you said. You never know where someone will be in two years. So give them the time of day. And it's, I, I love that story. I mean, that, that just sums everything up that we've spoken about. The fact that now, theoretically, you're an influencer in that guy's life because he needed something from you. I just love that. <laughs> yeah, that, and that wasn't two years. That was six months. So hopefully that's an encouragement uh, to the people who are thinking about that right now. It's like, you just don't know that things can turn quickly, but the real encouragement is focus on you, focus on what you need to grow, what you're working on that really provides that value to the people you want to support, the people that you want to serve. And I, I think another thing that is uh, in summary is the collaboration piece. I mean, collaborating with other people increases the visibility of what you're doing and it increases the likelihood of success. Every, there's some people who try to be Superman. Don't try to be Superman. Try to find unique ways that make sense to work with other people because that will help you. That'll help you grow. Yeah, I love that. And it's a really important thing to get your head around if you're in small business. And, you know, we're all sat here running our businesses and we're struggling with the day to day and we're struggling with the idea that, man, you know, this, this generously and authentically noticing others, this seems like a lot of work and it's not, it's just being yourself. It's just taking advantage of your own personality. And actually one of the big things that I really love about all this is it allows you to find your own voice as well, because so many of us portray ourselves as we believe our customers or our clients or even our competition want us to be. And the moment that we start to find our own voice, that's when we step out of the shadows. That's when we can stop chasing the big guys. That's when we can say, well, this is what I've got and I'm damn proud of it. Here's what I do. And I think everything we've spoken about is, is just real, real gold for people. And what I'd like to do actually, Jared, just to close the show out, is actually distill all of that right down into three very specific takeaways. So... Number one, sir, is there anything that you'd leave the guys out there listening with as actionable tip number one? Yeah, I think the first one we touched on already is, is uh, stop chasing influencers. And we, we discussed that. That's not, that's not hating on influential people. That's just saying instead of focusing your time and your resources and your energy on them to fulfill their dream, focus on what your dream, your passion is, what's the message that you're compelled to share and how can you take your resources and your time and focus on those people who will benefit from that, those ideal customers? And that has the opportunity to produce better results than chasing influential people. Love that. Absolutely. Stop chasing influencers. And actionable tip number two, please, sir. Uh, we, we touched on it again, and, and I love going over this because it's so important. Collaboration is essential. So if you want to have an increase in your visibility and an increase in the likelihood of success. It starts with strategically aligning with other people. And that doesn't mean you're, you know, business partner, business partners splitting revenue, but it does mean how can I align with folks when it makes sense on various projects, various campaigns, start looking to 
find ways to collaborate. And collaborate could be as simple as you're finding unique ways to notice and mention your people. And I think that would lead into the third point, if that's okay. I, I think you're seeing, I, I'm seeing where you're going with this. <laughs> you want the three points. The third point is, is be the noticer. Um, if you want to get noticed, you have to start by noticing other people. And the power of doing that with generosity and authenticity has the, the ability to yield that rapport with others, the people that you want to serve. And that rapport over time, as you continue to be consistent, that creates reciprocity where everyone's saying, Mark, we love you. We love Mark. And people listen to we love Mark. They might not listen to Mark just saying, hey, listen to my podcast. Look at me. They might not hear that. But when they hear other people saying it, that's when they start to check it out. But that doesn't happen if you don't start by first generously noticing other people. Love it. Superb. Three amazing actionable tips there, guys. So what a fantastic episode. Really enjoyed talking to you, Jared. Actually, it's been it's been my pleasure. It really has. And just before we wrap up, just let the guys listening know where they can find you online, please, sir. Yeah, the, well, the conference that we've mentioned is Podcast Movement. So if you're in the U.S. or even if you're not in the U.S. and podcasting is on your radar or something you want to grow with your existing show, podcastmovement.com. That's coming up in August of this year. And then I also have a podcast. So first of all, you should be listening to this podcast. Keep hitting play on this podcast. But if for some reason you run out of episodes and you need something else to check out, I have a podcast and it's called Starve the Doubts, starvethedoubts.com. Super stuff. Jared, it's been a real pleasure, sir. Thanks so much. Mark, thank you. Always fun, always fun. And guys, remember, everything that we've spoken about, everything that myself and Jared have touched upon will be covered in the show notes. So if you are ready with your iOS device, tap the screen, bring them up, and everything will be linked to from within. So you can go ahead and dive into everything that Jared has just said. And listen, whilst you're over on excellence-expected, if you're one of those people that heads over there for the show notes, don't forget that you can pick up your free guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. I'm sure that it will help you with a better work-life balance. And until next time, guys, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.